Hey, Three Song Story listeners, we love keeping this show free and easy to download for you. But to do that, we do have to remove the full versions of the songs from this version of the show. But if you want to hear the full versions of the songs in the interview the way we did them in the studio, go right over to threesongstories.org or use WGCU's app and you can listen to the show exactly how we did it. Plus, you get to hear the song at the end of the show that each host chooses to tell you a little bit about themselves. All right, here's the show. One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories. This is the podcast that uses songs to extract biography from our guests. We tap into the power music has to connect us to times and places and people and emotions from our lives, and we listen to some great music along the way with them. My guest this episode is Lydia Black. I would say she's a self-described nonprofit junkie, because that's what her biography says. But in the interest of full disclosure, I know her well enough to write her bio without notes. As a matter of fact, for quite a few years, part of my job was to help her write her bios. Lydia Black is the executive director of the Alliance for the Arts in Fort Myers, where I once worked. She's one of the most dedicated people I know when it comes to working to make the world around her better, and one of the most motivating people I know when it comes to getting others to help with that cause. She lives in Fort Myers with her far better half, Chris, and their super cool daughter, Emerson, who's a sixth grader at Paul Lawrence Dunbar Middle School, and who is also my daughter's best friend. Hey there, Lydia. How's it going? (laughs) Hello, Mike and Irie. <laughs> it's good to see you. It's always a pleasure to be here okay. and to be with you, of course. Okay, let's uh, let's um, talk some music and some memories. So what is the first musical memory that you can think of as a kid? Like if you think back to your childhood, what pops up first as far as music around you? Oh, my great my, – my grandmother Lou. Uh, Mary Lou Trisdell is my grandmother in Rhode Island, and she's constantly humming in the kitchen while she cooked. Um, my mom similarly did the same thing. So I think as a kid, I really, I, I just heard it, not songs, but humming or choruses and mostly gospel or old soul church music. And with my mom from Mr. Bojangles onward. So was there a lot of music being played around the house, like on vinyl or off the radio? So at my mom's at my mom's house, my parents were divorced, and so I spent half the time at my mom and half the time at my dad's. And my dad was kind of the Beach Boys guy. The radio was oh, on the Beach I could Boys. See that. <laughs> we were on the beach. <laughs> we were windsurfing, and I just remember Beach Boys cassette tapes wearing out in his car. And my mom was much more of a dancer, live music. Um, her second husband and her boyfriends always went to bars and had music jams at our house. And um, so I kind of had two very different introductions to music at a, a, an age from my grandmother singing the church music to my dad and his classic <laughs> beach boys and to my mom to kind of more jam band, jam band eclectic Music, so. Where was this geographically when you were a kid? I, I grew up predominantly in New England. Um, my dad's a Brazilian, so we had a lot of Brazilian music on. But um, predominantly what I remember the most is my time in New England as a kid. Can you remember the first time that music moved you in some way? Oh, I can remember different stages of life where music made me cry or I felt like crying and I turned on the music and I cried or um, – 
giggling with friends at new music or going to concerts with friends in high school and college, but I don't remember maybe the first time. I know that, you know, I my dad's Brazilian, my mom's American, so we'd go back and forth between Brazil and the United States. And I remember when I was probably like five years old, I, I learned like the full my full Portuguese songs of this mm. cat that used to walk on a fence and the woman hit the cat with a broom, but I had no idea what the song meant. Um and that Achideu Pangato song is still in my head today, which was not on my list of three that I could submit. But it's probably one of the earliest moments of like feeling accomplished and connecting to another culture that I could both sing and talk and, hmm. you know, relate to my cousins and my aunts and uncles and it's like my a grandmother. Way in yeah, of. way into the culture. You start singing and dancing and, and you know, children's rhymes and children's songs. Uh, do you remember the first music that you owned that was your music, oh either my. given to you as a gift or, you know, purchased as a teen or something like that? I, I'm sure I had more than these, but I think the mixtapes in like <laughs> in junior high school. Were you a mixtape maker or a mixtape recipient? I think I I've was. learned from these shows that there's a little there's, there's two camps generally. I was mostly a recipient, and I will say that um, people in my life um, have introduced me to more music than I I made the effort to introduce myself. Right, so the people in my life really. Um, somewhat dictate the music that's around me because I was not one of those folks who, well, I love music and here I am, the executive director of the Alliance for the Arts. As a kid, it wasn't what inspired me. I played a little piano. I played a little clarinet. I, you know, I started with the recorder. But I, I, I think that the music around me is dictated by those people around me and watching their emotions and reading them rather than myself. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did anybody ever try to woo you with a mixtape? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I have one in this random box I have up in my shelf that I just can't get rid of. And it was in like ninth grade and I was the only girl on an all-boys soccer team and they never talked to me. <laughs> Like I was the one that could be on the field and I was fast enough. I could play enough. And this one boy had the courage to like come up with me and slide a mixtape into my soccer bag. And I'll never forget it. And I don't think I'll ever be able to get rid of it either. Do you remember any of the songs that are, that are, are on it? I'd say were, but if it's still there. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to get back to you on that, Mike. I can't, I can't think of it. It was more the, the – the receiving and that weird period of time that we're all in middle school, high school, trying to figure out who we are. And I just remember how, how cool that kid was to talk to the one weird girl who played with all the boys. Yeah. Um, do, did you have a favorite band? You, it sounds like maybe you didn't really have a favorite band based on what you've said. I didn't. Um, I can tell you like periods of my life. I mean, my first concert was the Bangles. Oh, wow. My mom brought – me and three of my friends, the Bengals, in like sixth grade, and I remember rocking out to walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> was it a good ridiculous. show? I, I mean, I loved it. It was the first time I held up a lighter with a, a flame. You know, it's pretty cool for me. But um, no favorite bands, no favorite music, no favorite one performer, just a, a connection to loving what an eclectic mix of what other people like and the inspiration that – People who are musicians who can think of scales and who can think of words that inspire people or make people dance, I think, is what intrigues me the most. Okay, so I put you on the spot. <laughs> I made you pick three songs. Which I hated. Which you hated. You, you were the only guest, by the way, that pushed back and were like, I've got to do four. <laughs> I won't do 
it if it's not three or if it's four. Are you shocked by that? <laughs> no, not at all. I remember driving down the street with Gwen going, oh, look, Lydia answered exactly like I said she would. <laughs> but you've got it narrowed down to three. Mm-hmm. So what is the first of your three that we're going to hear today? Do I need to help you? I think you might need to help me. I think we did Return to Pooh Corner. Is that the yeah, first you, one? I think you characterized it in email as that Pooh song. It may have been Kenny Loggins. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So this is Return to Pooh Corner. It is by Kenny Loggins, <laughs> and it is Lydia Black's first song on this episode of Three Song Stories. Christopher Robin and I walked along Under branches lit up by the moon Posing our questions to our dear As our days disappeared all too soon So what's going through your head when you're listening to that? That's so touching. Man, that's Pooh and Kenny Loggins. <laughs> so not until you asked me did I actually know Kenny Loggins sat, sung this song, right? Because I only know this song in the voice of my mom and my siblings and my daughter and my husband, right? Like, And I it actually, like, shockingly, this hearing it like this is kind of – I mean, it's a touch to my childhood. It's it's the the song that I my mom sang to me when I was anxious or scared of the dark or when something bad happened or when I just needed to like lay in bed with my mom. And I remember her laying in bed with my brothers. And I remember when she was going to school, I'd lay in my bed with my brothers. And this was the go-to song. I have no idea why. Like zero idea. I mean, we weren't. We I remember we had a big Winnie the Pooh book and. But we weren't like big Winnie the Pooh fans or anything. It was just something that came into our childhood and, and um, you know, I've passed along. I mean my husband sings this song now hmm. to my daughter and and I think it's a uh, – it gives me all sorts of feely thoughts. Fe- feely thoughts. Because they're just – it's – it's truly for me just the thing that kind of makes me feel better. It might make me cry a little bit, but it makes me feel better after that good cry. And I'm, you know, I'm 40 years old and I listen to that song and I just remember childhood and I see it in my daughter and I it's just one of those I love those things that you pass along. And um it's something I sing to her when I mean, she's 12. And sometimes I'll still if I'm laying in bed with her and she'll break out with me. And we, we have all different versions. And what I realize is none of us really know how to end this song. And I don't think <laughs> Kenny Loggins did either. Well, you know, what's funny is is that the version that we played actually had at the end of it, it kind of ended. And then there's like talking and it's like it goes back to like from the movie probably. Uh-huh. I don't know. You know, it's, it's interesting because I, I hadn't heard that song. Who would? I mean, it's such well, no, I mean, as soon as we started playing it, I'm like, I remember that from you being do. a kid. Absolutely. I mean, there's something about that poo that goes deep, you know, the, that whole mythos. Um, but what's interesting is, is it made me think, because the whole part about the kid and the, the doll, de- that's yeah. when I started like, Argh. yeah. But it's like, you know, what's that song going to be like in 10 years or 20 years mm-hmm. or 30 years? You know, it's like, that's, that's, that's music and that's memories and that's how it all ties together. Yeah, and I think about, you know, you asked me, 
what were you thinking when you heard the song? Well, first I at first it kind of made me smile, and it kind of made me get weepy, and then I wanted to sing it my own way. And then it was funny because I was listening and I was like, "And you were singing well, just was, for <laughs> the listeners at home." She was singing. Fortunately, the mic wasn't on. But like, why would you need to count all the bees in the hive? <laughs> why would you need to? That's I don't the know. executive director I, in you. <laughs> but I, I just, I like. It's just a, for me every time that song is sung. It's there's like a tender moment, or you know, I so cherish the time with my daughter of just. Being kind of in that quiet space with no noise and just our voices. And, and I love hearing my husband sing it to my daughter. And I, I'm grateful for my mom for – she's singing lots of children's songs. And we know – we have a, a whole rap sheet of them. But that one, it's long and there's lots of words. And it was probably one of the first ones that Emerson knew the whole to. So I think it's that connection with my my mom, a connection with my daughter. And that passing along is why that one is, has kind of made it into the top three. <laughs> So uh, one of the questions I've been asking our guests is which song was the one that almost made it to the list but you had to cut for whatever reason. But I know from you because you, <laughs> you tried to get four out of me. So what is the fourth song? Well, I just The girl from Ipanema means a lot to me for a lot of different reasons and a lot because of it's connecting the Brazilian portion of my life and my dad and my family. And so I kind of felt like that one's my dad and this one's my mom. Right, right. And then the others are different. So I – that's right, Dad. I picked my mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so um, what is music that has entered your life most recently? Do you have anything? Is as Emerson, you know, introduced you to some new bands? I know Chris hasn't because he just listened to <laughs> the same things over and over again. Um, you know, I probably I'm trying to think of she's. She actually loves her dad's music. It's her music too. There's a bond between them with the Grateful Dead and Fish and some of those jam bands and 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 they really get into that and so that's always on in the house. But Emerson's introduced a new cycle of pop music and musical yeah. theater. Uh, I mean, yeah. how many times have you heard the Strawberry Freckle Face songs oh, in your yeah. home? Yeah, absolutely. But Dear Evan Hansen is a big hit with my mm-hmm. daughter. The Hamilton songs. Um, I really love to see what musical theater is done in breaking through and in, in, in telling the history of our country in talking to kids about issues that really matter. So, you know, Emerson's really into the, the musical theater now, and I, I can't pick one of her favorite because she sings them all. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to move on to your second song, and um, it, it posed a dilemma for us, <laughs> and that is It's Harry Hood by Fish, which is a song they don't have – they've never put on a studio album. And for those of you who know Fish, we got a short version. It's only 18 minutes. <laughs> That is not hyperbole. Nope. <laughs> um, now, the model of this show is, is that we're going to sit here and listen to the whole song. No. But you, you <laughs> have to pick don't our. Make... But you have to pick our daughters. Up. <laughs> we can't listen to the whole. True story. Minutes. So um, today in studio, we're going to listen to a truncated version of this song. <laughs> okay. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. But um, in the in the streaming version of uh, Three Song Stories, which uh, listeners can find on our website, threesongstories.org, and on our app, they will be able to listen to this in its glorious <laughs> entirety, if they'd like. But this is, uh, would you like to tell the story before? You, shall we listen no, to it? No, let's listen. Okay. Let's listen. Okay, this is uh, Harry Hood by Fish, the, uh, the jam band. You are listening to Three Song Stories, Biography Through Music.
That was all 18 <laughs> glorious minutes of Harry Hood by Fish. Oh, wasn't that great? Oh, Harry. Oh, Harry. Let me just tell you. My husband is the biggest fish fan in the world. Well, he might not be the biggest, but he's 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 up there with the best of them. And um, when we first – we've been married 17 years this year. And um, so we've known each other for over 20 years. And our first few dates were him taking me to these random – first started small, these small little bars where he would take all of his tape gear, his like uh, little – Oh, he's a cas- taper. Oh, my gosh. Oh, plug in the oh fish lore my- than I thought. Like so he would be like, you want to come with me? I'd be like, sure. And then we'd walk in and he'd be like, OK, see you later. I'm going to go yeah, with I'm all my go nerdy buds my, yeah, who are going yeah. <laughs> these so that they can, you know, get the music firsthand. And was this fish? This was – nope. It started – there was um, uh, Keller Williams. Yeah. Like that. You might yeah. know Keller Williams. He's great. Yeah. The Love Handle song is a good one. Um, and a bunch of smaller smaller bands and kind of introduced me to this kind of jam band scene and then sprung it on me. Like, let's go see Fish. And, I was and like, where were you guys at the time? Um, I think the first time I saw Fish was in, oh, goodness well, gracious, Wisconsin. Where were you Wisconsin. living though, when you met Chris? Where I were was these living in Philadelphia. Okay. So all through Philadelphia, we'd drive to Baltimore, we'd drive to D.C., we'd go up to New York. I mean, he was... He was in it to win it. I mean, yeah. he wanted his. I still have boxes of these things that we never listened to. Right? He needs to digitize them and put them oh, on the internet, I'm man. Sure. I know somebody who has a radio station that can do it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys play a lot of fish in the interludes on NPR, both locally and nationally. We yeah, hear them that's come my up. Fault. <laughs> but but so we were in we were in Philly. We did that. We moved up to Wisconsin. I went to go see. I said I said to him, you know, I'm not a big bar fan. I'm not a big smoke bar fan. I like to be outside. So we went to every outdoor fish show, whether it was in Maine, whether it was in Vermont, whether it was in Wisconsin, and we slept with lots of people in tents on airstrips and old farms and fields. And so this song, I could have picked a couple of them, but so the song fish means something to me in my life. I mean, I've listened to them for over 20 years, and I would never – I didn't know who they were before I met my husband, Chris. Like, would have never – crossed my world. Although my mom did listen to a little bit of Grateful Dead. So she knew who they were and knew more about it than did I did. Did she like go, oh, Chris, he likes fish. No. <laughs> there was some worry there. Like, But my husband's weird. Like he's this kind of preppy guy. I mean when I met him, he was like a – He wears he, pink shirts. He wears pink shirts. He he used to – you know, he was a classicist graduate from University of Wisconsin in Madison, came, was studying at UPenn, Latin and Greek, taught Latin and Greek to high school students and then, you know, by day he's this like, you know, introvert, quiet, stays to the edge of the room, super smart, super handsome in my opinion. But – and he – then he goes to these fish shows and he's like – he breaks out. He's dancing. He's letting loose. He's talking to everyone. And I'm like, who is this man? Like it's role reversal when we go to these fish shows. I'm like in a corner being like, what are all these people doing? <laughs> and he's out there on the rail dancing. And and this song is particularly um, dear to my heart because we were in Mexico. I mean this is how far we traveled to see fish. We went to Mexico two years ago. And brought my daughter to her first three-day show. Like she and Chris will go to Jacksonville when they come so into this Florida. So this one her first fish show. This no, is her this is her first three-day three fish show outside. And we were on some beach in Mexico. And um, 
we were the th- it was the third night, and you know, for me, three nights of it's just a long time to deal with jam band music. Where I don't know when one song ends, one starts, but the atmosphere is great. The people are great, and we took Emerson back, and there were big glow balls and hammocks, and we were listening to the music, and we were looking at the moon, and all of a sudden, the intro to Harry Hood comes on, and my daughter says, "We gotta find Daddy!" And so she starts running, and and then I see Chris from the other end of like the fairgrounds running like he's saying the same thing I gotta find Emerson and they get there right as the band starts singing Harry and they <laughs> then Emerson and Chris go into this Harry Hood moment and they run up to the front and they start dancing and I thought this is what music does right it gets it connects people and it makes you move and here we are in this thousands of people around us and they're they're all singing and having fun and I just that moment of both Emerson recognizing exactly what song it was and exactly that her dad was going to want to be with her during this song was just truly, you know, one of those things that would be frozen in my mo- in my mind. I can only imagine it being frozen <laughs> in Chris's mind, too. It seems oh, yeah. like, you know, I mean, talk about peak dad. It's like, oh, my God, my, my nine-year-old daughter from across the field <laughs> wants to come me. sing Harry Hook with me. <laughs> I mean, it was... It was it was truly magical, and you know it's one of those songs that he always hopes they play. You know, Fluffhead, Wilson. I hate the birds of a feather flock together song. I don't even know the name of it, but it's just one of those songs that makes me smile every time I hear it. I love the musical interlude after the 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 voices, which are infrequent in the fish songs. Like I like music and. I like to know what things mean. Right. And and these songs sometimes are hard to figure out what they mean. <laughs> you just feel them. Right? Yeah. You feel them. You oh, feel yeah. them. That's absolutely the case. Do you guys listen to Fish Around the House or is that kind of a, a road trip kind of thing? Oh, we actually, we do listen to Fish Around the House. You got like, Alexa, play fish. No, Google. Hey, Google. <laughs> hey, Google. <laughs> play fish on Pandora. Great. Actually, you know, Chris has gotten into playing the guitar quite a bit. Oh, is he He's, picking up he, any fish stuff? Um, he hasn't gotten there yet, but I, I know his guitar teacher, and I'm sure they're going to they're gonna get there. But um, so he's playing a lot of he's, – he's, he's taking his typical fish time and fiddling on the guitar. He's gone up from, you know, the piano and pop goes the weasel into – so I'm actually decent. He's he's improving. I'm I'm actually pretty proud of him. Well, he'll have to show me one of these days. <laughs> okay, it's time to move on to your third and final song. Uh, uh, so, what do you got? This little light of mine. And um, uh, you asked us to get the gospel version. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you explain why, or would you like to wait till after to tell your story? Which well, would you prefer? Let's listen to it. All right. This is uh, this little light of mine. It's uh, Lydia Black's last song on uh, this episode of Three Song Stories. This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine I love that song, gospel version or not, but I just, I just think that if every day we woke up to that song and we were reminded that we can use our power for good or we could use our power for evil and 
that all of us have a light inside of us, that we'd all be better people. <laughs> and for me, I think if I had like something to wish for for myself, that I just, whomever I'm with, wherever I am, that I, I try to be the shining light in that moment, not the middle of the room or the attention, but special attention to details, to smile to people, to give people a hug, to, you know, be reminded that we all have, again, the power for the good or the evil. And this song just means so much. I think of Martin Luther King and he was taking it one day at a time, one step at a time. And the emphasis on social justice and using that power and using that light to change communities and integrate communities and to be good people and and that we're all born with that goodness and that light and how as we a community can make sure that we continue to pass that along to our children and to our friends and to everyone we meet. Mm, I do. I like that song a lot. Can you remember like how, you know, hearing it as a kid, other versions? I mean, it, it, how did it... Does it stick with you? Are you mindful of it as you navigate through your days and weeks and months and years? I'm mindful of it in multiple ways. I'm mindful of it daily in that I really think about that. Like, So when I get frustrated or I'm irritated, I just think mm-hmm, like when I'm challenged and I feel defeated and I've made a big mistake or I failed miserably, you know, I, I kind of like keep on going. That song's something that helps keep me going, but um, – you know, I, I like the gospel version because I, you know, growing up, I, I I went to a variety of different churches and I really liked the African-American, the predominantly black churches because they sung with such joy. And so I remember hearing that song in more of a gospel tone rather than just kind of a, a social justice song. Um, and I just, I was attracted. It made me cry. It, it makes me feel, <laughs> right? It gives me the same feeling that Return to Pooh Corner does in a different way. Um, I sung that song as we were protesting injustices in Philadelphia with a bunch of really cool people trying to transform lives in the city of Fort Myers and got arrested in lands for protesting a a sidewalk ordinance. And we sung that song and sung that song with in solidarity with our friends who had much less than we did and either chose to live on the streets or had mental illness or – you know, we're homeless and remember singing that song, sitting on the streets in Philly with a bunch of people trying to change the world one day at a time, one person at a time. Can you remember the last time you sang it with a group of people? Um, I actually sang it with a group of people at uh, the Women's March in Naples, um, which was, you know, not so long ago. Um, I've hummed it <laughs> with my daughter, um, but I think the last time with a big group of people was um, celebrating women and how far we've come and how much farther we can go. You ever hear fish cover it? <laughs> you know what? I'm certain we could probably say, Google could. it. <laughs> it might come up. But, you know, it, 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 I think it's funny. It's interesting, the, the passion that comes out of my husband and listen to those songs. For him, he would say it's freeing and I'm pretty free and open and like normal and he's not. And so that gets him in those worlds. And I think for me, like this, this little light of mine really helps – sometimes focus me and remind me that, you know, it can be one person. You can use your light. You can you keep going and, and I don't know, it's just inspiring. It's inspiring to me. And it's inspiring to me that people have used it over history to 
make points for the good. I think that songs can sort of pick up energy because of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. The, the longer they've gone down that trail, the more when you hear it, you feel it. Yeah. I mean, the social justice component of that, the the transforming lives and changing communities and building communities and bring people together through your little light, right? Like that just resonates with me because like I think, Mike, you have this light and what you use for the radio and bring people together for me is, you know, how do I – how do I provide people with opportunities or how do I connect people or how do I, you know, how do you do that in life and make it good for everyone? And I don't know. So it's just a little something that I relate to. <laughs> uh, well, that's pretty fish much. Fish poo and this little light. And this, little light. <laughs> this little light of fish poo. Oh, um, gosh. Any final thoughts, Lydia? No, I'm just um, glad to be your friend. I'm glad to be part of your life and I'm glad you picked me to do this project, which was really hard. Yeah. Really hard for me to decide what to do. So, well, I'm glad you did it. <laughs> I want to thank my guest, Lydia Black, Executive Director at the Alliance for the Arts in Fort Myers. The Little Tornado is <laughs> wife to Chris and mother to Emerson and one of my best friends. Lydia, thanks for doing this. It's been the blast I knew it would be. Three Song Stories is made in the studios of WGCU Public Radio in Fort Myers. Richard Chin Kui is the show's producer, director, and co-creator. Tara Calligan and Anna Bejarano produce our online content. Our executive producer is Chris Duffus. Three Song Stories theme music was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For my parting tune this week, I'm only going back a few years to a moment early on a fall morning at the Alliance. We were setting up for our fall festival called Fall for the Arts. I was on our outdoor stage setting up the sound system as the artists, arts organizations, and vendors were setting up their booths. I chose the first song to play that morning for my new co-worker, an old friend named Brandy Kaus, who had just started working at the Alliance as the new education director. I knew she was a huge Tom Petty fan, so I wanted to show her some love that morning. This is one of my favorite songs of his, and he was one of my favorite musicians. It takes me back to more than one place, but today it takes me back to my life at the Alliance. This is Wildflowers by Tom Petty. I'm Mike Canary. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. Steve had weed and and I smoked. And that was a bad decision. <laughs>